This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hit my music. Break it down. Oh, you didn't know? Stand back. I'm a master. Mamacita. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Eat me. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 67, and it's going to be a little retrospective of sorts about the music duo CFOs and some of their various WWE themes from over the years. And to help me do that is a fresh face here at Voices of Wrestling, um, or fresh voice, I should say. It's Chris Samsa. Hello, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on here. Um, welcome to the family, I guess. <laughs> uh, now, for those that maybe don't know who you are, tell people what is your main gig here at Voices of Wrestling. Yeah, sure. So um, I have a column called um, Sport of Pro Wrestling, so where I approach pro wrestling as a sport, um, looking at things like match times and um, old historical statistical data and telling us or showing us what that um, can mean to the narrative of professional wrestling. So, um, most recently my big project was, um, taking a look at the G1, um, the New Japan G1, and that was, um, an exciting time for me. Um, Kevin Kelly picked up on some of the work and that kind of opened the door for me to talk to, uh, Rich and Joe over at, uh, Voices of Wrestling and they gave me a little avenue to expand on some of those thoughts, uh, more than 140 characters on Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, g1boxscore.com. That's the link to your Google Sheet where you had all the uh, the G1 data like uh, match length and average winning match length and average losing match length and so forth. And I thought it was a really cool endeavor to see. Um, I mean, I wouldn't do it because it's way too much work, <laughs> but still, it was pretty cool. It, it was a really – it was a labor of love uh, by the end of it. I – I wasn't sure what I expected once I put it on the internet, but um, once uh, once people were depending on it, I, I had to keep up, and man, it I, I'm still tired. <laughs> well, you got the shout-out, so that's a nice little consolation prize there yeah. for you. Um, and honestly, honestly, I am jealous of you that you did get one at all, because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I do these big previews of the G1 and Super Juniors for VOW, and I never get the Kevin Kelly shout-out, damn it. <laughs> it's you, John Carroll... Uh, Griffin Pelletier, you guys get one. I don't get one. So one of these days, baby, one of these days, I'm sure. <laughs> You're up next, man. It's I'm due. Happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm due for that lovely ego stroke. Right, right. But um, anyway, uh, welcome, Chris. Uh, let me ask you something that I ask pretty much all my first time guests here. How did you become a wrestling fan? And has music been a big part of your fandom? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was, I really got into wrestling in the late 90s, the Attitude Era, um, when I was in kind of my, my teenage years, I got way, way into it for those kind of two or three years. And then I I became the typical lapsed fan. Um, so I was, I was out of it. I would check in for maybe Royal Rumble and um, WrestleMania most years, but I was really, really not involved with it until... Um, Kind of recently, I was just kind of bored, and I um, I started watching all of the WWE um, documentaries and got way back into it, really enjoyed it, um, got back into it for a Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season uh, that was probably Mania 33, and I've been in it ever since, and now I've really branched off of the WWE um, piece, and I'm, I'm kind of all in on things like New Japan and, and All Elite and things like that. So um, it's a really exciting time to be kind of a a relapsed fan of professional wrestling. Um, in regards to the music, music of, of wrestling is, I think, one of the most important pieces for me specifically because it, it cues you up for what's about to happen. So theme songs have always been um, 
something I paid very close mind to, especially, you know, growing up with some of those iconic theme songs from um, Jim Johnston, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the DX themes, the uh, Undertaker and, and, and themes like that. And they really always kind of cued you up on, on what was going to happen next. And it got you excited and pumped. I was lucky enough to go to a fair amount of live shows in that late 90s space and uh, including like ECW um, in Chicago, which was really exciting. And I was way too young to be there. Um, But they used a lot of, um, you know, like actual traditional rock and roll songs, which which got you pumped, too. So music or wrestling, it's it's super important. And I, uh, I I love every second of it. Cool, cool. And uh, I know you yourself have experience in music, too. Uh, You told me before the show here that you were a touring musician for quite a while, right? Yeah. um, Through my teens and 20s, um, I was a touring musician. We traveled around America quite a bit um, in in miscellaneous vans and and buses and things of the sort. So we had a we had a really good run. We were kind of a pop rock um, band. So I kind of joke that writing uh, pro wrestling theme songs wouldn't be completely out of my wheelhouse. So I would, uh, you know, one day maybe someone will someone will hit me up. But I, it's been a, it's been a minute since I wrote a song. Yeah, it's like me with a shout out. You know, one day you'll get it. One day, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, well, cool, cool. Uh, so today, Chris, we are here to talk about uh, John Alicastro and Michael Laurie, better known as CFOs, who, as I said before, are the music duo that provide the theme songs for WWE. Or I guess they were because. There have been recent reports that CFOs and WWE, they parted ways back in April. And there hasn't been an official statement out yet, but that's the big rumbling going on right now, that CFOs are no longer with WWE. And when I heard about this, I, I was pretty stunned at first because it seemed to have come out of nowhere. Um, but the more I thought about it, it, it did make more and more sense. What about you, Chris? Did this news shock you at all? Well, yeah, so I'm surprised... I was surprised to hear it because, first of all, I, I think most of the themes they put together are pretty fitting. And I also, I'm, I, I'm pre- I was pretty sure that WWE kind of put them together and, and they had a good gig going with them. So um, part of me is curious why they would separate. I think the big rumor is money issues. I think that's the big sure, one. Sure, sure. Uh, which sounds pretty valid because I've never heard any bad things said about these guys uh, professionally or personally. So that's, it's most likely money is the reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking back on the past few months and thinking about it, I did start to piece together a few obvious red flags that they were gone. Uh, number one, if you go on the CFO's iTunes page or their Spotify page or the WWE Music Wikipedia page, the last song that they officially put out was Mia Yim's theme back in May. So that's a red flag right there. Number two, uh, none of the newcomers in NXT since, like, April have gotten CFO's themes. And that includes Kushida, Jordan Miles, Damian Priest, uh, Angel Garza, Joaquin Wilde, etc. They're not getting CFO songs. They're getting stock music. And granted, a lot of guys, when they do start out in NXT, they do get stock music at first. And then later on, get the CFO songs. But, I mean, Kushida, for example, he's been on NXT TV since... What, May? Still nothing, CFOs. So red flag number two right there. And number three, this is a big one, uh, some main roster guys are getting new themes that are not by CFOs. Uh, Cesaro got a new song a few months back that's this, you know, generic, unknown stock music. Uh, same with Buddy Murphy in recent weeks. Uh, Bray Wyatt, as The Fiend, got a new version of his theme that is not credited to CFOs at all. It's credited to the band, Code Orange. And it's one thing if it's guys in NXT or NXT UK getting production library music, but main roster guys, that's a pretty big deal. So the more I I thought about it, the more obvious it seemed to me that CFOs have been gone for quite a while now, Chris. Yeah. um, You know, some of those, like Bray Wyatt, I I guess I didn't even notice because it felt so much like a remix of of his old uh, theme, but interesting to hear that... um, a lot of those guys are getting new theme songs, and and I wonder if that's a, a rights fee thing with CFOs. Um, if they're trying to move away from even using any of the not so iconic themes that they have, um, just so they 
potentially can get away from those fees if CFOs has uh, indeed left WWE. Yeah, we'll see as time goes on where the new music will come from, whether it's a new composer or outside artists or stock music or or wherever. So uh, today, Chris, what we're going to do is first give our broad thoughts about CFOs to start off with. And then after that, we're going to dive into some of what I consider to be uh, my favorite CFOs songs from over the years that we have not covered on the show yet. And I think for an episode like this that is all about CFOs, let's get this out of the way right now. Yes, the songs do loop. Uh, (laughs) That is, I'd say, the biggest critique that I've seen towards them, uh, including for myself, mind you, that CFOs, they do about a minute of a song maybe a verse, a chorus, a nice little solo, and then after that minute is up, they loop back to the beginning and just repeat it. And that is a legitimate complaint to have when you're putting these songs out on iTunes or Spotify, and they're, what, four or five minutes long? You know, after a while, it, it does get frustrating and, and annoying, and you do get sick of hearing the same loop over and over again, Chris. Oh, certainly. Um, most of their work is is not something that I would listen to as a song per se, um, but as a theme loop, um, I think they are they they hit the nail right on the head most of the time. Um, so, but you're right; it is about sixty seconds of good, and then you just move on. Or if it's the AJ Styles theme, it's uh, well, it's just we ain't got none. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at the same time, it is I think a necessary evil because when you're at a wrestling show and a guy has a long entrance or is celebrating in the ring for quite a while, yes, you need to loop the song to uh, keep it going and not break up the atmosphere. So I can definitely see why they do it in the first place. And, and to be fair, to be fair, Jim Johnston did it. Um, I think every major wrestling composer has made looped songs. So it's not like CFOs are the only ones there, Chris. No, certainly. Um, it is It is kind of the nature of the beast of, of what needs to, what they need to to produce for the for the avenue that they've chosen um you know that's not to say that some of those some of those older songs you could run through as as a traditional three and a half minute song and and you would have enough material to to put it all together um that is typically not the case with uh most of the newer stuff uh, not only just cfos but um they the only the only theme that I can think of when I even recognize when it loops back to the beginning is is Seth Rollins. Um, the last time I was at Raw, he was kind of the last man out, and his theme music just kept going on and on and on. And it and when every time it every time it starts over, it's burn it down again. So uh, those kind of iconic beginnings uh, can actually create problems for for that kind of purpose. Yeah, that's called being a serial arsonist. Uh, that's just, you know, you can't stop burning things down. It's in his blood. It's an addiction. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess my overall thoughts on CFOs is that, yeah, the looping is annoying, of course. And I have derided them in the past for it. But looking back, I mean, when they hit the mark, they hit the mark. You know, because they made some really catchy, awesome riffs and melodies over the years. And songs that really attach to you. From the get-go. I mentioned Finn Balor's theme on the last episode. uh, Aleister Black's theme as well. Shinsuke Nakamura. Samoa Joe. uh, Johnny Gargano. You hear these songs for the first time and you immediately want to hear them again. And if you can do that for multiple songs across multiple genres. You know, rock, metal, hip-hop, funk, electronica, whatever. Then you've definitely got that that spark of talent there, Chris. Oh, absolutely. And and I think that... CFOs have kind of blended genres too, and they'll they'll throw some stuff together as it fits the wrestler. So I think that they are really good at looking at the character of the wrestler and and putting music behind them that they can walk to the ring to that's going to make sense, um, and that people are going to attach to that to that wrestler pretty immediately. Um, so when they hit, they hit hard. You're you are absolutely right there. Yeah, I mean, when you think of Kyrie Zane, you think of pirate music, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Lee, hip-hop, of course. Uh, look at Big Cass. You know, he had the most boring song ever. So, you know, it all just, it, it lines up so well there, Chris. <laughs> you know, in, in researching for this show, I did listen to the most recent Big Cass theme, which I don't think I had ever listened to, and I just kind of nodded. I was like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> well, uh, enough about Big Cass. 
leave him aside for now. <laughs> uh, let's delve into these themes here. Uh, we have eight in total. We're going to start off with the Undisputed Era, which is current NXT champion Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roderick Strong. Their song is called Undisputed. Shock the system. One of the common features of a CFO's song is the stinger at the beginning, which is a feature of many wrestling composers. Uh, some of CFO's most famous stingers are like, you know, Say Yeah, or Bro, or Mandy. Uh, this one is Shock the System. Bomb. And it's pretty appropriate for these guys because they're all about changing things up and taking over and shocking the system in NXT. Uh, plus, it's also a subtle nod to the old Cole and O'Reilly tag team Future Shock, which I don't think was intentional there, Chris, but still a pretty cool little Easter egg of sorts. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that is, it, it is one of the more subtle Easter eggs that can exist, but if you know, you know. Um, and I think that that's, that's actually a lot of what... Um, the NXT brand seems seems to be, um, or, or was, at least we'll see where it goes from here, but um, it is one of those things that's it's for people in the know, so uh, little Easter eggs like that are, are the most uh, the most reliable in, in NXT. Yeah, and the bulk of the song is this cock-of-the-walk, in-your-face kind of song, uh, which certainly fits because they're a very cocky, in-your-face group. Uh, more specifically, the song is taking this kind of punk attitude and transplanting it into this sort of funk metal jam, uh, very similar to uh, Rage Against the Machine and their whole sound. Um, not just the guitar, which sounds very similar to Tom Morello, uh, but also the guy doing the sparse vocals in there sounds very similar to Zack De La Roca. So I think anyone who has heard at least one Rage Against the Machine song in their life would make that comparison pretty quickly there, Chris. Oh, without a doubt, the, especially the, that guitar riff with that kind of like that kind of waka waka chucka chucka thing going on it it just like it screams tom morello um a little less affected than what tom morello would normally do but it is that it is that kind of using the guitar as a percussion instrument um that is so so rage against the machine um and it it they they actually did it pretty well i think um in a way that kind of makes it a little more approachable a little more accessible to to mainstream yeah, and what's great about these guys having this song, too, is that they don't just come out to it, they incorporate it into their entrance. Um, like, Kyle O'Reilly will do the big air guitar on the title belt, you know, or uh, Adam Cole will time it so that when it gets to the BOOM, he'll point to himself. So, just little things like that that add to the entrance and really add to their characters as well there, Chris. Yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite entrances to see, um, whether it's... Uh just the tag team or whether it's adam cole by himself um they they have it timed and paced really perfectly and i think that's because the song fits their characters so well um so so it it allows them to kind of fall into that groove and adam cole hits the ring right at the right time and and maybe it's all rehearsed but they pull it off really well and and he he hits his thumb up and he he hits boom with the crowd um i mean that guy's got more catchphrases coming so um, it is, it's a, it's a fun little dance that they do on the way out. I mean, Kyle Riley with the belt, I'm waiting for that to show up in the video games. 
um, because that has become an iconic, um, an iconic move. And anytime he's not a champion, I'm I'm a little disappointed by his air guitar because it just it's it's much better when he has a prop. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean they they pace it just right. It's 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 really really suits the characters. Right, right, yeah, and it's one of the few stable themes as well that I could think of right now. That is not just a stable theme, but it's also the theme song for the wrestlers during their singles matches, too. You know, whether they're coming out together or by themselves, they all have the same song. So it's kind of unique in that sense, too, there. Yeah, and I think that that uh, helps them kind of show unity, but I think they also probably all just really enjoy the jamming out to the song on the way to the ring. So why would they do anything different? It would be it would be kind of a tragedy to see um, Kyle O'Reilly or, or Bobby Fish walk out to anything else. Right, right. Um, by the way, uh, do you think if Peter Gabriel was in the group, they would change the stinger to Shock the Monkey? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> Song number two, and it's for a guy who is now a former WWE employee, and all the better for it, I think. Uh, it's Neville, a.k.a. Adrian Neville, a.k.a. Pac. And before he was a bastard or the king of the cruiserweights, he was just Neville. And his theme song is called Break Orbit. So this is actually one of my favorite CFO's themes of all time. I just love the way it sounds. This really fast-paced, futuristic sound where it's all like electronica and speed metal sort of fused together. The vocals have this filter on them that kind of go along with that futuristic sound. Just really gets the blood pumping. And given that it's for Neville, who at this point in his career is still just a fresh-faced high flyer, doing all these crazy flips and you know he's he's the man that gravity for god it's called break orbit then yeah it all ties together there chris yeah i get um major prodigy vibes from this yes. song um that kind of mid 90s uh european electronica with the kind of rap rock kind of infused into it um yeah anytime and like just just the that that kind of driving beat that's kind of chopped up that just i mean it just gets me going um it's it's super high energy um but i can just picture um you know those some of those big mid-90s festivals and those guys running around the stage and and just um maybe it's because i i kind of grew up on that that stuff too when that stuff started to hit um but this song like just so 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 brings me back to that that genre which had had kind of died out before this song kind of popped up as a theme song yeah, I think you can feel that sort of European-slash-UK electronica influence in there quite well, um, which fits, given that Neville is from England. You know, he's from Newcastle. So Right, right. That was that was actually, that's that's what I've got in, in the notes here. I was oh. like, <laughs> both, from, both from England, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it reminds me of, like, a race in a science fiction movie where a bunch of ships are flying around and it's all fast and crazy. Uh, the way it's structured, even. It starts off with that sort of like an engine revving. And then the, here we go, and things kind of just go from there. And yeah, that, got, little, that little call out of like, it's it's beginning now. Is, right, um, yeah, yeah. And you got the big boom. And the little guitar solo in there. It's definitely um, filling up the space 
no pun intended, uh, and going big and going a thousand miles an hour and just making all this big chaotic noise. Again, that was the old Neville, you know, he was that guy. Need a heavy track to hold my mind down, break orbit, break orbit. He was very much a go, go, go type of wrestler with that same mentality of, you know, shooting for the stars whenever possible. Yeah, he was a, I mean, I would call him a, a speed cruiserweight at that time. He was just jumping all over the place and, and, and really showing the the aerial style that he was capable of um, before he kind of evolved his style to a little bit more of a, a hard-hitting style. So um, coming out to to a song that kind of speaks to that made made a lot of sense at the time. Again, it was another one of those songs that you would connect directly to that wrestler um, pretty immediately because you would hear the song and then they would wrestle and you you would then hear the song again if they if they were victorious and it all it all kind of tied together the character. Yeah, yeah. And there's also the remixed version of this song which was when uh, Neville turned heel and became the king of the cruiserweights. Uh, where the song went through puberty. Uh, they slowed it down a little bit and uh, downpitched the vocals, break orbit, break orbit. And they kind of downplayed the futuristic overtones in the music and made it more of a, a grounded, darker song. Uh, kind of gives the line, don't know what the risk is because I'm twisted a whole new meaning, I think. it all works because heel neville downplayed the crazy high-flying stuff for a more uh, grounded methodical wrestling style um which he still does today as the bastard yeah i'm not gonna lie i love heel versions of um previously face uh um uh, theme songs <laughs> they just i love i love turning like pop songs into minors too so um that type of stuff just like i, I love it i loved it when shinsuke nakamura changed his theme song um, so uh, that really kind of got me going when, when I realized that that had happened too. Um, that was um, a fun kind of Easter egg for me to find in the, in the theme song world. Up next is the theme for the first ever NXT Women's Champion, Paige, uh, former Divas Champion as well. And uh, now Paige is retired, which is a real shame, but she still got her theme song and it's a pretty good theme song to boot. Uh, this is called Stars in the Night. <laughs> Fun fact about this song here, Chris, uh, that scream at the beginning is actually a scared Jerry Lawler. Rawr! So stupid. So stupid. I'm sorry. I wish that was true. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Paige's whole thing, you know, back in the day was that she was the anti-diva. She didn't look like the typical WWE diva did with the heavy, bright makeup and the bright colored outfits. Um, back then, she did really stand out amongst... The other female wrestlers with that whole kind of quasi-goth motif and the music goes along with that it's not some happy poppy song or hip-hop or sexy music it's this pounding kind of gothic-y hard rock song and there really isn't anything quote-unquote diva about it chris yeah um 
that's certainly the truth if you ask me and I, I love the kind of the the driving drum beat on it once it really hits a hits its groove um, and those drums have like this big reverb space on it so it's true like rock and roll feel um, and it's kind of a mid-tempo rock song that um, you know similarly to say the undisputed era like Paige found that pacing as she would walk to the ring and it would just it would suit her vibe and then she would hit her little hair flip on the on the uh on the ring post when she would get in there so while she was the anti-diva she still knew how to how to play a crowd and and give them a little dance on the way in so um this is one of my favorite um I guess female uh theme songs because I think it's just so so suits the character of Paige um definitely um different than than most of your other kind of bubble pop stuff um and she she kind of owned it. it it definitely hits the spot right and i think the lyrics go along with that quite well um tear the stars out from the sky darkness falls i come alive i've always been this way i'll fly before i change that whole thing of her doing her own thing and not changing who she is and being the, I guess, the night mode, so to speak, of the divas, that's certainly in line with her whole gimmick. Um, but also, the lyrics are just antithetical to so many other WWE diva themes at the time. You know, like, compare this to Let's Light It Up for AJ, or You Can Look But You Can't Touch for Nikki Bella, or Bremode, you know? <laughs> These lyrics, they're, they're certainly a lot more aggressive in comparison to those. Certainly. Um, and I think I think we've seen kind of you know with the divas to women's superstar evolution in wwe i think we've seen the theme songs evolve a a bit as well um for for newer um at least for for newer themes that they've they've put through but um this was definitely the anti at the time um even even when you compare it to aj's theme and and those two characters were um often compared at that time yeah, I mean, they were feuding for quite a while in 2014, so, you know, and they looked different, they had different vibes, so naturally people would contrast them against one another. Um, but at the same time, going back to the song here, it's still catchy, you know, it's still something that you can sing along to, it's not like some dour thing. And that was Paige too, you know, she wasn't bubbly and sweet, but she also wasn't this, you know, totally super frigid, dark character, you know, she was still charismatic and still play to the crowd and you could still root for her yeah and it's got that kind of oh like if you're not singing along to that every time it pops up like i don't know if you have a soul um it's that's some catchy stuff so i mean when i heard this song the first time it was probably when Paige came out on monday night raw after wrestlemania i remember that yeah it was a big surprise huge surprise and i mean the song itself i mean it it showed me that she was prioritized as a star because like this it is a, it's a star making song um it is not just some canned music that they had packed away like this song was built for page moving on now uh to the former la sombra uh, another guy who has suffered from dropped surname syndrome uh, he used to be andrade cien amas now he's just andrade his theme song is called making a difference hey! Idolo! To the utter shock of millions around the world here, uh, the Mexican star has the Latin-sounding song. Big surprise there, I know, I know, but uh, but, but that said, I still enjoy it. Uh, it's this sultry, 
bluesy guitar mixed in with that kind of snappy percussion and the, the distant gang chorus in the background doing the hey, 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 sort of brings two different energies to the table, uh, the Latin lover and the soccer stadium, which is who Andrade is. You know, he's this handsome, sexy guy who also comes off like a big superstar athlete, like a world famous soccer player. So he's kind of the best of both worlds in that sense there, Chris. Yeah, I mean, when I was listening to this song earlier today, I just, I pictured him in the middle of a huge stadium in Mexico on the ring post with a major championship and the, the crowd clapping along to those to those big claps. I mean, it is, it is written for stadiums. Um, whether he's ever gotten there, uh, you know, we'll see. Or w- whether he'll ever get there, we'll see. But, um... He, he's got the song to be a big star and to get the, the people behind him, but uh, that would probably require him to be the beloved good guy, which um, it doesn't seem is in the cards for him at this very moment. Yeah, I remember back when he debuted, um, he was the good guy, and he had like those suspenders and the fedora, and he was a pretty good wrestler, but still, it, it was an awkward fit, and the character uh, didn't really work all that well. But once he got rid of that stuff, and he turned heel and got Selena Vega, that's when everything clicked, and he got over, and he became NXT champion. So it would be interesting, I think, to see him become a face again, and see how he would do in that role today with that music. Yeah, absolutely. And like, this song gives me like major Carlos Santana vibes, too. It's got that kind of like bridge pickup guitar thing, and... um, you know, th- there's a certain cliche of, of that, of course, as you kind of mentioned earlier, but with Andrade, it seems to make sense. He seems into it. Um, you know, sometimes I wish WWE in general would, would get away from, from that type of stuff, but again, these theme songs, they, they fit the character. Um, and if the character is um, kind of a high-energy Latin um you know, Andrade Cien Almas, like maybe it is the right fit. Um, but on on paper, it just looks kind of cliche. Right, right. And you've also in the song uh, got the guy calling out the Spanish phrases, uh, you know, marcando la diferencia, lo de hoy, lo del momento, el sentinela del espacio, la sombra, Cien Almas, tranquilos. And what I like about that is that it adds to that superstar aura with the announcement of all these nicknames and platitudes, but it's also referencing his history as La Sombra, because uh, El Idolo, El Sentinela del Espacio, those were his nicknames as La Sombra in CMLL. Um, of course, Tranquilos, uh, that references the original Los Ingobernables stable in Mexico that he was in, uh, so it is acknowledging his lucha past while also bringing it into the present day uh, with him as Andrade. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of part of his his that was part of his character when he when he started and really when the song came to uh, to be his theme song, he would come out in the lucha mask and he would come out with the mariachi band and yeah, you had the NXT announcers, um, the commentary team. You had them kind of explaining that all to everybody, but it 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 was a nice callback to where this extremely talented wrestler came from, um, and and I think that that is what NXT has always done really well is that they don't just ignore where they, where these wrestlers used to be. They use it and they advance it. And this, this song did kind of help that. And I think you're right. Like those callbacks, um, are very, um, they're very meaningful. And I, I, I assume they're very meaningful for Andrade himself as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned, uh, that mariachi entrance at takeover that one time, I thought that was just a really cool entrance to watch. Um, but I also appreciate that there's no mariachi music in the song itself, uh, because when I think of mariachi, I think of something that's, uh, you know, kind of old school and stuffy, uh, you know, Alberto Del Rio's theme, for example, which was perfect because his character was the Mexican aristocrat, but for Andrade, he's fresh, he's new, he's a contemporary, and uh, thankfully his theme song reflects that. Yeah, it's it's almost this modern Latin pop, but um, but with that guitar on it, it really does um, kind of bring in kind of that vintage vibe to it too. 
Wrestler number five is another Brit, like Paige. It's the longest reigning WWE UK champion of all time, Pete Dunne. And uh, Dunne, of course, part of both the NXT and NXT UK brands. His theme song is called Bruiserweight. So if I could describe this song in one word, it would definitely be intense. This is a very intense, no-nonsense song. I mean, it starts off with that one note, that and it's all eerie and unsettling, and it pops up in the background as well from time to time. And the rest of the song, it's not any brighter. You know, it's just this intense uh, metal music with the crushing guitar riffs and the pounding drums. It's a pretty badass song and pretty simple as well but not a very happy one chris oh no it is a uh, deep and dark and driving um and it 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 is it is intense um that is the right word for it yeah yeah and for pete dunn it's not like he's bailey or kylie ray you know he's not a chipper guy at all he's he's pete dunn he's a very intense dude he hits hard he breaks fingers um always has a scowl on his face so to see him come out to, you know, it just makes sense. Absolutely. And that that chuggy guitar and those big, big drums. I mean, that's that's all you need when you're when you're Pete Dunn and you're walking to the ring and you're you're ready to, you know, kick ass and take names and hold your belt with your teeth. Um, he the, the, the drums on this track in, in particular, they just sound huge. Um, and I think that that like just really puts the whole song up to the forefront, just like right in your face, ready to go. It's got a very kind of like punk rock mix on it where it's mostly guitar and, and, and drums and it just, it just rips. Definitely. Definitely. And what's interesting is that this song is essentially a cover. One of Dunn's themes on the Indies was a song called Young and Bitter by Hudtag Media Works. starts off with a much longer then the drums slowly fade in the guitar riff comes in as well and CFOs basically took that song and made their own version of it which sounds very similar <laughs> to the original which happens in wrestling unfortunately but um, I guess I guess thankfully in this case uh, CFOs they didn't mess around too much with the formula so it's not like they made a song that doesn't fit Pete Dunne at all it still does it's just their own spin on this song. Yeah, and I think that that, that kind of highlights for me that, that CFOs is really good at um, taking something and either improving on it or cleaning it up in a way that makes it um, ready for TV 
or ready for big arenas. Um, so, you know, a lot of these themes that we're talking about today, like there's some pretty direct comparisons to other music, um, whether it's a direct cover or that like really extreme Tom Morello um, inspiration, but they, 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 they're able to kind of blend the kind of arena rock feel that, that you need as a pro wrestling theme song with all of these other different genres. And I think that that's a really interesting skill to have. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a time-honored tradition in wrestling. You know, if you can't get the actual song you want, make your own version of it and just change enough notes where you won't get sued. <laughs> uh, that's called the Jimmy Hart method. Very tried and true method. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a pretty good trick to have because you'll get a song that fits the wrestler, but you'll also get the vibes and the feelings of the original song transplanted onto your own song. So um, it's not original, of course, but it works. It works. Um, by the way, by the way, another fun fact for you. Uh, if you watch NXT UK, this is one of the few CFOs songs that you'll hear on that show. Uh, because long before they left WWE, they were not making theme songs for most of the NXT UK guys. They did Pete Dunn's, they did Mustache Mountain, Noam Dar, but pretty much everyone else, like Flash Morgan Webster, uh, Jordan Devlin, Zach Gibson, Gallus, They've all got stock music, um, except for like Walter and Mark Andrews, who uh, have their own outside music. Um, and honestly, honestly, that makes sense because CFOs only have enough time in the day to work on stuff. And they're not going to spend it on, you know, Kenny Williams or Saxon Huxley. They're going to spend it on the main roster guys or NXT guys. So Pete Dunne is definitely someone that they think highly of because he's one of the few guys on that brand who actually got a proper theme song. Yeah, I mean, when you get the big music guys commissioned to to make your song, and then uh, from what it seems, they they probably worked directly with him to uh, to make sure that it was it was what he was looking for. Um, that's got to say something about what the company thinks of your future, because um, if you're going to get one of those kind of iconic theme songs, you you figure that's going to stick with you for quite a while. Um, so they they put a lot of I know they put a lot of weight behind. Um, keeping theme songs with um, wrestlers for as long as they possibly can, um, especially when they're they're good and they are um, something that they clearly had prioritized from the start. So, Up next, we're going to talk about another women's wrestler and another uh, dominant champion as well, Asuka. Uh, Asuka is the longest reigning NXT women's champion of all time at over 500 days. Her theme song is called The Future. So we just brought up with Pete Dunne's theme that CFOs uh, sometimes like to incorporate other songs or artist uh, pastiches into their own songs. Well, here you go. Uh, for any big prog rock fans out there, they would pick up on the fact, I think, that this song incorporates 21st Century Schizoid Man by King Crimson.
if you know the band, if you know the song, you can pretty much identify it right away. Uh, that said, though, I gotta give it up for CFOs because that's a much deeper cut than I would expect someone to use as an influence in a wrestling theme. I mean, I, I would not normally associate wrestling entrance themes and King Crimson together at all there, Chris. I, I certainly wouldn't. Um, not would not have been my first um, my first thought when I was thinking of a song to put together a wrestling theme, but they certainly made it work. Yeah, I still think it's a great song. You know, just because they uh, <clears throat> borrowed this King Crimson song doesn't mean that I don't like it or it doesn't work, because Asuka is supposed to be a badass, and she needs badass music. I think this song checks all those boxes. It's got that intro with the... It's like a, a kaiju has beamed down from space and is stomping towards us. It's got this uh, awesome melody in there that sounds imposing, but it's also got a great groove to it. The vocals have this uh, filter on them that makes them sound uh, kind of inhuman in a way. It all works together to make a song that feels epic and intimidating and appropriate for someone like Asuka. Yeah, and I think this is um, one of the the CFO's songs that is is most like a traditional like pop or rock song too, where it has uh, multiple verses that sound a little different. Um, so the loop on this one is is much longer, I think. So this one is is actually kind of palatable as a song, um, as a standalone song, and not just as a as a theme song. Um, which is something that I particularly enjoy about about this one because that that second verse has kind of a different a different uh, cadence to it, um, and even though the lyrics are I think even the same if not super similar, they there's different kind of um, there's a different arrangement with it, um, which is um, different for CFOs. Yeah, yeah, you bring up the lyrics. I think they're equally intimidating uh, from far and wide and light years away. Cast from the shadows, now light my way. Fallen idols scream yesterday. Your kings and your queens hit the ground like rain. It's describing this dominating force from far away that comes in and just takes over. And that was Asuka. You know, she comes in from Japan to NXT. She wins the belt and she dominates that entire division for, you know, over a year. Uh, Even the hook, which is, I came from tomorrow to take back today. I am the future. It's not just that she's the future of the women's division. It's that she literally came from the future because Japan is X hours ahead of America. So it's a nice little uh, double meaning there, Chris. Ah, uh, yes. The, the double entendre of, of, of a lyric. I love it. Um, yeah, the, the lyrics speak to, to what Asuka was here to do, which was show up, do a job kill it be the champ for as long as she can be the champ and still even though uh you know the the allure of asuka has kind of diminished on uh uh the main roster as as she's kind of grown with wwe i still hear this song and i'm like oh no someone's coming out to to, someone someone's about to get their ass kicked um so and and you know had i had I not kind of attached this song to Asuka when she was in NXT, I don't know that I would feel that way. But the more I the more I listen to it as a song as it stands, like it is, it, it's a song that is that's built for someone who's who's here for business. Yeah, it's definitely not an Iconics theme song or an Alexa Bliss theme song. This is a song for an ass kicker, and Asuka's an ass kicker, plain and simple. Yep. We're going to go now to our second-to-last theme of the episode here, and it's for the current NXT North American champion, Velveteen Dream. And his theme song is the very funky jam called Velveteen. Velveteen Dream. Team. 
Smithers, get me Prince. Ah, uh, he's unavailable, sir. Then get me his non-union Mexican equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Senor Princeo. Uh, but seriously, though, seriously, this is literally just CFOs doing a very obvious Prince pastiche with the funk and the sexy vibes and the sultry vocals and the background singers. It's Prince 100%. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing or it's out of place because it's the Velveteen Dream, you know? His whole shtick is basically one big Prince tribute. He wears purple, he's flamboyant, the frilly shirts, the third eye sunglasses. His finisher is called the Purple Rainmaker. It's about as on the nose as you can get, Chris. Oh yeah, I mean, this is CFO's attempt at um, an homage to Prince, clearly. Um, I think it kind of sounds like a bad garage band loop of, you know, the things that say kind of purple funk, um, you know, at, at trying to tell you that it's Prince, but it's not Prince. Um, as much as I enjoy the character of Velveteen Dream, the song doesn't get me, Um I, I love I love the slap bass in the in the background, but I, it just it doesn't have enough of that Prince vibe for me to really um, want to hear it as as often as I I want to see Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I think of all the songs we've played today, uh, this is definitely the easiest one to remember how it goes, uh, especially the lyrics because it's it's literally just Velveteen Dream. D R E A M is. That's it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and, uh, ow! And hit it. Those are the only words in the song, and it's four minutes long, you know? But that said, that said, it's Velveteen Dream. He's full of himself. He's arrogant. His nickname is the Vainglorious One. So, yeah, of course, his theme song is just going to be his name said over and over and over again because he wants to be the center of attention. That's a good point. <laughs> um, it is, it's very vain. Um... And it, it, it definitely... Do you know if... Is it Velveteen Dream? Is it Patrick Clark doing the vocal on it? Yep. Yeah. I, I imagine they, they would have tapped him in for that, that simple vocal. Um, which which is the same deal. I think that that's also... It, it, serves the, it serves the character really well. I just... I wish there was more of like a wah-wah guitar on it or something that's just a little more... Um, you know, or give me a guitar solo somewhere, somewhere in the middle of it, and, and drop the vocals for for you know uh, an eight bar run. Um, but it's it just it doesn't quite get there. Like I get what they're trying to do here, um, but it just doesn't quite get where I think they wanted it to go. And it's a shame because Velveteen Dream is you know on track to be a star for a really long time, and and, and I'm certain he'll continue to use this theme theme music. Um, but there's there's this little part of me that hopes that some some sort of layer gets added to it um, as he grows in in superstardom. I think he makes up for it though with the entrances, both with the normal entrances uh, where he's just very flamboyant and bombastic and colorful as is, uh, but also of course those uh, takeover entrances where it's very elaborate and over the top. So I think the entrance kind of balances everything out. Yeah, and I think that's especially true. Um, for the takeovers when he can do these kind of bigger entrances with, um, you know, different costuming and, and things of the sort. And, and that, that does put the focus solely on him as he comes out and walks to the ring and, and you can kind of recognize what, what he's up to. You're not trying to kind of discern what's happening in the audio of it. So, um, it, it, it leaves the spotlight, on the Velveteen Dream, which is potentially what they're trying to do there. All right, the last theme of the episode here is a peculiar one because it's only been used once, August 22nd, 2015, at TakeOver Brooklyn, the first one. That's because it's the theme song for Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, Liger made a special one-time-only appearance in WWE at this show versus Tyler Breeze, and since he couldn't use his normal theme song here, he came out to this theme that CFO has made for him. This is called Thunder.
before we get to the actual song, I just want to point this out here. Uh, the title is spelled so weirdly, because instead of spelling it T-H-U-N-D-E-R, they spell it T-H-U-H-N-D-E-R. What kind of Sly and the Family Stone kind of spelling is that? I mean, I'm expecting like an ampersand in there, and an at symbol, and an infinity sign. It's just, it's so bizarre that it's spelled this way. I mean, I know it's a trivial thing, sure, but still, I'm, I'm baffled by it, Chris. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, when you sent over the list of songs that we were going to be talking about, I kind of was like, why did they spell it that way? Like, it definitely says Thunder, um, but in a completely kind of out there way, adding, adding an extra H and a dash. Um, and then I tried to, like, kind of back into it of, like, uh, are they trying to, you know, some sort of call out to his name with Jushin or um, how he says Thunder. Um, but nothing seemed to trigger that for me. They, they would have to explain that one to me directly, I think, if, if, if we ever had the chance. Because that would be a question that maybe only they know. <laughs> Wrestling's unsolved mysteries. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Um, that said, I think as far as the song goes, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's exactly what you would expect a replacement theme for Jushin Thunder Liger to sound like, where it hits all those notes of rock and anime and big guitars and synths, and the riff is a little bit different than the normal one, but it still feels energized, and it still has those really epic overtones where it feels like you're seeing a hero in front of you. And yeah, it's not on the same level as the classic Liger theme, of course, because nothing is, but as a fill-in theme, it does the job well, I think. Yeah, and to be perfectly honest, if, if I wasn't as familiar with Jushin Thunder Liger's work outside of NXT, I, this song probably would have only sounded different because there's no vocal on it. Um, they they really took the, took the, the instrumental part of... Uh, his original theme, and they again they made it they made it a little bit more their own, but they really were were true to it, um, and you know that potentially that's because he was a, a one off and he's a legend and he you know he he probably is so used to coming out to uh, his original theme song that they wanted him to kind of feel comfortable and 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 natural as he comes out to the ring for uh, NXT Brooklyn, so I mean. This just like his his traditional theme song hits the spot. It's superhero vibes. It's kind of like the speed round of a video game, um, but this is a really nice little spin on his on his uh, natural normal theme. It reminds me a lot, and I'm not sure if you remember this at all, but uh, back in the early days of New Japan World, they didn't have the rights to Liger's theme yet, so they had to uh, use a dub theme. And much like this song, it sounded, you know, in the same vein as the classic Liger theme. And you could at least realistically picture Liger coming out to it for real, which is half the battle, I think. Um, you know, right now, I know that Will Ospreay is having trouble with his song Elevated being used on broadcasts because of rights issues. So he's got this dub theme now, which isn't ideal, but it would be a lot worse if the dub theme wasn't a total banger, which it is. So again, as long as the song fits and it's a good song in general then i think it's okay to deal with for now yeah i mean this is not like watching um something on the wwe network where chris jericho comes out in wcw to uh break the walls down uh, this is this is not that um so at least at least they've got that going for them um so this is uh this is a, it's a good take and and i think that it was honorable of them to put the time in even for someone who was who was likely to be coming in just for for one hit um, to give them, uh, to give uh, Liger a, a, a theme that was fitting of, um, of his kind of legendary status in the business. Yeah, I mean, it's Liger, for God's sake. You know, he's a legend. And if you're CFOs and you're being asked to make a song for him, then yeah, you're going to respect and honor him and his theme song as best you can which I think they did. So good job, CFOs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and if, if I'm Tyler Breeze and I'm, I'm about to face uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, like I want Jushin Thunder Liger's theme song to hit and I want to feel like he's the guy coming to the ring to, 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 to fight me. So um, I think, uh, I think he, down, he downplayed it by sitting on the, on the ring ropes and before their match. But, um, you know, ultimately, as a, you know, a student of the business, I'm sure that he was, uh, he was kind of taken aback by that. 
Well, that damn liger stole a selfie stick, so <laughs> you can play at that game, sir, okay? <laughs> okay, well, that was our little collection of CFO's songs there. Uh, obviously, that's just a tiny sampling of what they've produced over the years, because they've just, they've got tons more stuff out there. And I don't know where they go from here, to be honest. Uh, maybe they stay in wrestling. Maybe they go work with bands. Maybe they go work in movies and TV. I don't know. But I do know that wherever they go, they'll kill it. Because loops aside, they are very talented guys and they know their stuff. And I wish them all the best in the world. What about you, Chris? Any final thoughts on CFOs? I'll be I'll be curious to see where CFOs lands in the in the music industry because they've they've proven out that they can produce quickly and produce accurately to what um, someone's asking. So like in the sense of commissioned music, they're definitely they've got to be on the list of um, of artists that that can do that in a, in a way that's really really positive for for most medias. So I I'll be really curious to see where they land and what what they're up to. Uh, in the future. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for them, that's for sure. Um, and an ear as well. Hey, hey. Uh, see what it did there? Uh, music podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, thank you, Chris, for coming on the show here. I really enjoyed having you on. Thanks for having me. Had a blast. Any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. Uh, just voicesofwrestling.com. You can find my column. Okay, simple enough. All right. (laughs) And uh, Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, home to so many great wrestling podcasts on there. Check them out at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. Check out the YouTube playlist for this and all past episodes at the VOW forums. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash forum. And of course, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, Chris, thank you again. I'll see you around. See you, bud. All right. For Chris Samsa, I'm Andrew Rich. And I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.